Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into 104 Through the Fans Coffee Break. DMAC, Will Peterson, Rachel Veal hanging out with you on this Wednesday. It's finally starting to feel like fall. You guys, Will, you're outside. Is it beautiful? Yeah, new backyard. Figured I had to uh, test it out and uh, wow. you guys liked it. it. Looks great. I'm so jealous. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I do just... you have a, does Will have a corn maze somewhere back there? Is there like a, a six-year-old lost looking for his mom? Yeah, I'll give you the quick tour. It's uh, just these little plants here. But then, yeah, you got the backyard, you got the shed. Um, yeah, it's a nice big backyard. I'm thinking maybe I have to, uh, I don't know, put it in like a pool or a hot tub or something. Hey, Will, do me a favor. Just turn around to your neighbors and tell them to keep it down. Is it already loud? That's just a fun neighbor thing to do. Just turn around just say, hey, keep it down. Hey, keep it down back there. <laughs> He's actually yelling at kids in his backyard all the time. Um, I'm very jealous, though, Will, because yesterday, not that I should say I did any of the work, but we are overseeding our entire backyard, and our backyard is on a slope. So we had to go rent a verticutter from Home Depot to do it, and it was a huge pain in the butt. That's what I did until 10 o'clock last night. So I'm very jealous of your backyard. It looks beautiful, though. Congratulations again on the house. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, with home ownership, as DMAC can tell, and you can as well, there's already been a lot of unexpected surprises and it's been like a week. So I am going to get used to that. DMAC, have you had any more kids just crossing through? Your no, I, it may happen during coffee break. I mean, you know, as far as home ownership, I've had it. I'm done. <laughs> I can't wait to live back in an apartment or I don't know, a, a, a van down by the river. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but hey, good luck. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, DMAC. Have fun with that. It all goes full circle. You start in an apartment, most likely. You get a house, yeah. and then you eventually want to ba- end up back in an apartment. But oh, I gonna- know I don't look like it, but I'm freaking Benjamin Button. I'm going backwards. You know, I every, <laughs> I, I have, like, no responsibility. I, I just want to be downtown, and I don't want to be in a house anymore. I am literally going backwards in my life. Fair enough. Well, somebody that does have a lot of responsibility is Nathaniel Hackett, and he got a lot of questions yesterday about his decision with um, Brandon McManus. So we'll go ahead and take a listen. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark. You, know? you hit the mark, he says. Um, do we like that he took ownership of it? Do we not like how what's our main takeaway did we walk away feeling a little bit better about the situation well yesterday or no no he didn't take ownership every national outlet in the country ran with the first five seconds of that quote and didn't listen to the last 45 seconds it was the top story on espn.com it was the banner on sports center last night nathaniel hackett says they should have gone for it yes he did for the first five seconds and then the next 45 he justified his plan and his decision and hitting the stupid 46-yard line. DMAC, I heard Tyler say with you yesterday, if he doesn't have to hear about the 46-yard line ever again, he can die a happy man. I don't know why the 46-yard line became gospel of, oh, it's a chip shot. No, it's 64 yards. It's not a chip shot. So 
Rachel, I don't really think he took much ownership. I thought the first five seconds was ownership. And then he kept blabbering and justifying his plan. But he did take ownership from the standpoint that he said, we stuck to our game plan. We had a plan going in and we stuck to it. But that's doubling down to me more than taking ownership. That's a stubborn, my plan was smart, but my kicker just missed. Uh, I don't know if it's my plan was smart. I think it's, I. this was our plan. And looking back on it, it wasn't a great plan. It mostly wasn't a great plan because it didn't work. How many people would be outraged yesterday and today had the kick gone in? I, I would hope the outrage would be, the vitriol would be similar. Somehow I doubt it. Listen, here's what I liked about the situation, which is going to sound nuts. But at least there was a plan. At least they weren't flying... Um, uh, off the hip like Vic Fangio, which you, you never know which way he was going to go. It depends how the wind blow. So all of a sudden, everybody's out there saying, oh, you got to be more flexible. You got to be this. You got to be that. Well, that was Vic Fangio. Sure, he was flexible. He was unpredictable. Nobody knew what he was going to do. If you want to say a rookie coach made a rookie coach mistake because he was just a little too stiff in his decision, then I think that's more than fair comparison. If you want to compare Russell Wilson's fourth and five completion percentage compared historically to kicks that are made from that distance. Okay. You went on that argument. There's a lot of cases to be made for why it was a bad plan. But at the end of the day, ultimately what the Broncos did is they did go for the win, not other plays to set up a win because they had confidence in their kicker. Now, if you want to say whatever my kicker tells me, I've got to take with a grain of salt and sort of like, you know, if I tell you how much I weigh, you want to add 10 more pounds onto it. You know, if I say I'm good from the 46, oh, okay, Brandon, hey, everybody, he's good from the 40, you know, something like that, then all right, that's a that's a fair sort of critique. And if you want to make the argument, hey, call a timeout with 50 seconds. I mean, what's the difference, right? Even if you kick it, let's talk about it. Let's hash this out a little bit and give us enough time. With 50 seconds, you know, you make the kick, sure. Okay, I guess you give, you know, Seattle some time. But you, you played good defense the entire second half. So I think there's a lot of nuances to the situation that the Broncos are guilty of violating because of their lack of experience. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Guys, hear me out. It was a bad plan. I'm not saying it was a good plan. But compared to coaching in the past, at least they, at least they had a plan. And now you got to fine-tune it. You had... You, you had the right idea because you had a plan going into that drive. You weren't operating from the hip. It just went horrifically wrong on so many occasions. The crazy thing is if he comes a yard short, if it's at the 47, they go for it. Right. They do. And I have no doubts about that. And, and we're not having any of these conversations. Yeah, no, it's a really, really valid point, DMAC. Uh, are we more concerned, too, that even though they did have this game plan that Russell Wilson did fight for it and say, hey, no, let me let me take this, even though clearly they were sticking with their plan. But we we never saw Russ go talk to Nathaniel Hackett, really. It was kind well, of... We didn't see it because that was the plan. Yeah. The 46-yard line was not... I, I firmly believe that was the target, not the desperation point. It was, that's the spot. If we get to that spot, we're good. We'll milk the clock down. So I think Russell Wilson was just, guys, going with the plan. Should he have called timeout? I mean... I, I don't know. He would be totally betraying his coaches in that situation. And while you don't like the plan, you say, oh, he should have. I don't know. I don't think any quarterback would just um, defy their coach like that. I mean, that'd be pretty wild. 
Okay, but but real quick on that. Who made the plan? It it sounds to me like Brandon McManus made the plan. They let no. the kicker well, DMAC no. the, Hackett and Wilson are on the record saying McManus told them you yeah. get to the 46. That's where I'm good from. And Hackett took that like it was gospel, and Wilson took it like it was gospel, and then McManus missed the kick. It sounds to me like that last drive was dictated by the kicker, and that is crazy to me. Hold on, Will. Do you seriously think Brandon McManus said, hey, guys, come here. Hackett, Wilson, come here. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm good from the 46, so if we get it there, we're set. Just milk the clock down. The person asking the question is making the plan, Will, not the person answering the question. But they took his word for it, and he missed okay. it. So that it's, our, not his, it's not his plan. It's well, then their we should plan. Be, we should be blaming Brandon McManus for this loss then. I, everyone wants to blame Hackett. I'm, I'm now going to blame McManus because he quoted them a false number. It's like if you're, you're asking – See, now I'm defending the bad plan, but okay, you're forcing me to do this. This is what I was doing on Twitter all, all night after the game. Was the kick short? No, he hooked it twice. Oh, I didn't hook it. I mean, the ball just kind of a, a golf shot. It would just be like a, you know, uh, a draw. Yeah, like, you know, it wasn't, like a this, so wasn't that a hook? It's a hook goes that way. A draw would go straight. All right, he drew it left. twice. Semantics. He missed he the same it. kick twice. Well, a hook is he missed it wildly. A hook would, would indicate there was no chance. You can't tell me that ball didn't have a chance, Will. And he made an adjustment after the first practice kick, essentially. And okay, okay and, he, and he drilled that one even further, but it was further to the left. Had Brandon McManus placed that ball, hit that ball six inches more to the right, the kick would have been good. And again, I go back to the. I guess we're all still screaming about Hackett being an idiot if the if the kick actually goes in. I mean, you, I'll take you at your word, but I just doubt it. Well, your boy Mike Evans wrote this morning that uh, Broncos country has already lost faith in Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not yeah. on that. I'm not on that train. I haven't lost faith. But Mike is the first one to say, at least that I know at the station, that he is off the Hackett bandwagon. Well, di- different conversation, different conversation, okay? We can say that this is a different conversation. Sure. 100%, now- but I want to get into it because Broncos country needs to calm down. Everything that could have gone wrong for the Broncos went wrong. That is not going to happen in every single game. Broncos country, take a big deep breath. <sighs> Everything is going to be okay. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback. He is going to make... Perfect throws at some point. Yes, sometimes things may not go as planned, but everybody just take a call. Like, just breathe. Just breathe. I don't think they've lost faith. Is anyone I Will said he hasn't DMAC. Have you lost faith? Uh, my faith is no, I haven't lost faith. If anything, we said the biggest problem, the, I said this on the air. What was I the most afraid of, or that sort of thing? And it was is communication. Uh, that's that's what I was most concerned about, and it turned out to be true. I think there was a significant lack of communication throughout the entire game. I think that's why the play clock was going down so low. I think that's why they were doing some silly things at the end of the game with the timeouts. You know, I think there probably was some confusion about how many timeouts they had and what was going on there. Um, You know, there's a lot of people in Nathaniel Hackett's ear right now, okay? And maybe that's good and maybe it's bad. And, and the games do happen fast down on the field. Everything seems to happen slow when we're watching it on TV, okay? 
but when you're down there on the field and it's loud and can be confusing, and don't forget Hackett is down there on the field. He really probably should be up in a booth calling the plays, to be honest with you. But, you know, the whole, like, play calling on the sideline thing, I'm telling you, and, and you guys know, you both know, when you're up in the press box, how, how much more calm does everything feel when you're down, uh, you know, up in the press box compared mm-hmm. to down on the field? So there was just a lot of confusion. So if you want to say they should have used preseason, not just to practice football, but their communication skills as things go, with their ones – I would say you win that argument. I mean, just look at what happened. And you needed to practice and be in that situation more. But you only get that with experience. If we see the same communication mistakes keep happening, fine. Then I'll give up. But that hasn't happened yet. It doesn't matter, though. It's a bad look, guys. It's a terrible look. So are fans ticked off and upset? Yeah, that might have been the roughest debut for a first-time head coach ever. Seriously, can you think of a worse one? No, I I, I can't. And, you know, I'm not jumping off the Hackett bandwagon. Yeah, I'll take a boxing glove. Um, I'm not jumping off the Hackett bandwagon. But but I will say, you know, he has to earn that goodwill back, right? Like, there's a difference between I want to fire the guy, which would be asinine and crazy. Listen, they move the ball. The best we've seen them move the football in years. Look at their four second-half possessions. Fumble at the one. Fumble at the one. Eric Tomlinson, foot out of bounds by this much for a touchdown, and then a 64-yard field goal. They only had four second-half possessions. That was it. They should have scored 21 to 24 points and won that game what? 34-17. We all know the Seahawks got shut out in the second half. So you would be insane to jump off the bandwagon. But the two things they obviously have to fix are red zone execution. I mean, having Wilson in the shotgun on both those fumbles I thought was really silly. And then the late game management, because guess what? They are going to get in tight games again. And for as magnified as that is, because it was Russ's return and it was week one and it was Monday Night Football with 20 million people. We saw the ratings last night. Can you imagine if that happened in a playoff game and we had to deal with that for six months? I am so thankful Houston is in four days so we can stop talking about Seattle. If he learns from it in September, that's fine. But if it happens in January, that is the kind of thing that gets you fired. And you laid out exactly like all the things that could go wrong went wrong for the Broncos. Like It just wasn't meant to be. And I know that sounds crazy and it can be like, oh, so cliche, whatever. Like everything that went wrong went wrong wrong for the Broncos there were like watching back I want to say DMAC I don't know if you've watched back yet but like four late flags like we're just like five seconds late and I was like what the heck is this yeah I mean I thought Jonathan Cooper got a bogus call um I you know bad breaks Uh, Bradley Chubb strip sacks Geno Smith and the ball lands in the hands of an offensive lineman I mean Mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a bad break you know Melvin Gordon is trying to stretch the ball over the goal line, you know, it's probably more of a bad play call than a bad play by Melvin Gordon. It was fourth down. Either the ball's in or it's their ball. The mm-hmm. There's other structural things, though, that are fair to criticize. And listen to our football guys on the fan. Why are you under center or why are you in the gun, you know, at the one-yard line inside the five? And, you know, I'll, I'll take it from them that it's hard to hear. And it, it is, you know, okay, those are the football things. And those are the things that you gain with experience. I will today, I promise you, with Nathaniel Hackett, I'll ask him today. Last week he said, well, we have to work, you know, inevitably you have to work out the kinks. I go, well, what are the kinks? He goes, well, we don't know yet. 
Well, I think we got some idea of how kinky things are. So I'll, I'll just flat out ask him. I won't say it in a mean way, but you said, you know, um, you would have to work out the kinks. You didn't know what the kinks are. Are you more clear what those kinks are and what's the most significant kinks that you need to work out? And we'll see what he has to say about that. And that'll give you an indication, I hope, if he gives an honest answer of what really bothered them the most. But, but I do think it wasn't all on Nathaniel Hackett. I think there were a lot of issues, like who's talking to who, when, what's really going on. Um, it's just that the camera goes to Hackett, and he ends up looking like a fool. He's in charge, so he's, he's got to deal with it. That's part of being a head coach. Um, well, a lot of people in the comments, they're ready to move on. I know a lot of Broncos country, just like Will, is, is super excited that the Texans are coming in. So let's have a good laugh, because Peyton Manning – you won't guess how many times he tried to call a timeout during the Manning cast. Take a listen. We got three timeouts here. I might use one right here. E. Let's use one. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. They're gonna try to draw. They can try to draw them off sides. Might try to draw them off sides. E. You don't have that you much time. You well, you don't want to waste that much time. I don't think. Yeah, I think we. I think we should call timeout like now. They look unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. Hurry up. Hurry. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. What the? So you just burned 30 seconds to call a timeout? Ding, 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 ding. Um, yes, yeah, 62 total times Peyton Manning was like, please call a timeout for all that is good and holy in the world. Uh, and then they wasted 30 seconds on the clock. So maybe Peyton Manning should get into coaching because he looked pretty stressed out during that game. Well, <laughs> nobody, including myself, okay, who is the defender of some elements. If you look at my timeline on Twitter, I'm like, whoa, they're going for a field goal? Like, literally nobody, <laughs> nobody would anticipate that the 46-yard line was the spot. I mean, nobody, okay? Certainly everybody thought they were going to go for it. And, of course, the well, you could have done two things. You, you could have called the timeout, or you could have just run a play right away, to be honest with you. You could have gone, like, hurry up to try to catch Seattle on the heels. It's one way or the other. The only thing you wouldn't want to do is sort of take your time, hem and haw, and give Seattle a time to set up and run a play. So either you run a hurry-up play quickly, and you could have done that. You could have called two plays in the huddle, right, easily. Again, they were surprised Javante Williams is a good running back. I am not joking. They were literally surprised he got that far on the play that was designed. I guess the play was only Rachel and Will designed to go five or six yards, I guess. It was third and 14. So I'm guessing they wanted to get it inside of 10 yards. They, they did not anticipate it would be so successful. I guess. Yeah, the, the, the fact Javante Williams got too many yards is kind of crazy. Like Hackett has said a couple times, like, well, Javante got too many, so I guess we had to kick it. Just a, another flaw in this, this minute of football that I hope we never have to talk about again because we're now going on 36 hours, and it deserves the, the dissection. I get it. But we're now going on 36 hours of replaying this sequence because it was so bad. And it's not just the talk of Denver. It is the talk of the entire NFL. Every national show you turn on your TV is just roasting Nathaniel Hackett. 
Well, Peyton Manning is best friends to one of our very own here in Denver, and that is our very own Brandon Stokely. And we're going to bring him in because, Stoke, you're a winner today. Hello. How are we? How are we doing? Good. Okay. So tell us. Yeah. <laughs> everyone needs a timeout. Everyone, everyone, everyone. But uh, Stoke, you won our King Supers pick on this week. Congratulations. I'm very jealous. Um, So... Tell us, because there were three people who got 10 out of 15 correct, and you somehow walked away the winner. So what was the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker was the total points on the Broncos game. Does anyone know how many points uh, the total points added up to be? Well, 33. Uh, 17 plus 16 is 33. There, there you go. There you go. Guess how many points I picked? 33. Bam. It's the details. Wow. It's the details. Y'all overlooked the details. I pay attention to the details. I came out of the gates hot this year. I'm just going to dominate all year long. I'm just going to let everyone know right now. I'm just going to dominate all year long. It's a great way to start. Big shout-outs to, to King Super. So I'm fired up. I'm fired up. You know, I got some side action going on with some other hosts. They all had to pay me this week. I mean, the, the pockets are full of cash. And I'm just telling you, it's just such a great way to start the season off, Rachel. Well, Stoke, you're getting $100 to King Supers, too. So what's your favorite thing to pick up at King Supers? Because, again, I'm so jealous. Look, I'm always at King Supers, um, uh, probably two two times a week. And I load up on Gatorades. I load up on Pedialytes. Um, and then, you know, um, that's just – I'm a big drink guy, you know. So I, I buy a lot of drinks to stay hydrated and – um, so I, I love drinks. I love snacks, you know, um, and, and bananas. Hey, so there you go. I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty simple. And bananas. Are you a G zero guy or a regular Gatorade guy? G zero. You got to go zero. Um, no sugar, you know, no yes. calories. You got to, you know, especially when you're getting old like me, you got to try to cut the calories. So I can't afford the calories. Uh, there you go. D Mac. There you go. You know, what's up. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, yeah, I, I got to avoid the calories and it's a better taste. It's a lighter taste. It's not as thick. So, uh, I'm a, I'm a zero guy for sure. And I kick love it. Gatorade. Kick it. Let's kick it. Let's kick it. <laughs> it is crazy <laughs> how much sugar one Gatorade, regular Gatorade has in it. Like it's crazy. So yeah, zero guy, go get yourself a hundred dollars worth of G zero. Congrats. Yep. Uh, yep. Real quick too. This is going, Oh Yeah. Uh, Stoke, love the show, man. We appreciate having you on here too, as you get ready to go to your show. But one thing that maybe people may not realize King Supers has really good sushi. I'm not even kidding you. King Supers has really good sushi. Try it out. I'm here for it. And I'm like, sushi is my favorite food. So I'm, you're <laughs> right. I've had, I've had, I've had sushi in there. I've had sushi had it? there. Uh, yes, very, very good. Very good. I, I just, I'm pretty simple. I do the California rolls, but. Very good. Very good sushi from King Supers. You're absolutely right. They do a really good job. Everything's good there. Gotta love it. Well, Stoke, congrats. We'll probably see you again on here sometime for another week win. But again, congrats and good luck with your show. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, D-Mac, Will, good to see y'all. And uh, I'll be back next week. This time next week. That sounds good. We'll just make an appointment uh, for it already. So it's going to be, it's going to be, I plan on making many appearances here as the champion of Pick'em, King Supers Pick'em this year. So thanks for having me. I got to take a time out and go to my show. Happy anniversary, by the way, Stokely. Happy anniversary. Thanks, buddy. Y'all take care. All right, that is Brandon Stokely winning our King Supers pick. Um, you can still register to play, and you can try and beat all of us here at the fan. Um, I got, I'm trying to think, eight correctly, nine correctly. I, w- I was up there this week. Uh, DMAC, how many did you get? I don't know. 
I picked the Bears to win, so I'm I'm basking in that glow. Uh, Jake, uh, let us know in the comments because Will, I I think you struggled a little bit, my friend. This week. yeah, is that right. I got I got dead last of the entire oh. fan staff, and there's like there's like 25 of us. Like there was I, there was a ton of people who got six, and I checked in dead last at five, and I was hoping one lone soldier would oh get God. five with me, and I was the only one with five. Listen, I tried to get cute on the Falcons, which looked good for like 59 minutes of that game. I think I was the only one on Atlanta. I don't trust New Orleans at all. That would have flipped the whole script. But you know what? I'll own it. It, Rachel, we don't do punishments for last and pick them just in the eliminator. So I'm thankful for that. True. And Will got away this week, too. Uh, But DMAC on the banana phone explains his bad mic problem. (laughs) Right. Troy. I don't understand what's happening. What's going on? Can you hear me? Calling it in. Um, Okay, well, there is one more thing that I want to get to real quick with you here, Will. Um, Did you guys see what the Cleveland Browns are adding to their field? Oh, yeah. Elfie, Brownie the Elf, is being added to the 50-yard line out there in Cleveland. Um, Do we love it or do we hate it? Roast or toast? Hold on. Let's play the roast or toast open. Hit it, Jake. Time now for Coffee Breaks Roast or Toast. Uh, do we love it or do we hate it? Me? Yeah, anyone. I, I am roasting it. This is terrible. Can you imagine the avalanche putting Howler, that ridiculous-looking whatever mascot, at mid-ice? Can you imagine the Rockies painting Dinger in their outfield? Can you imagine the Nuggets taking out one of their classic logos and putting Rocky in the hardwood at center court. It is an absolutely absurd look from an absurd franchise. They clearly can't make any correct decisions. Obviously this is nowhere in the same stratosphere as what they did with Watson, but it's just another, uh, you know, note that the Browns do not know what they are doing. Who, who is Elfie? What, what is the story between Elfie and Cleveland? I, I guess I would, have to know that because on the surface on the service you're putting a demonic looking 70 year old you know as your logo on but i don't know what the history of it is uh, for, for for people who don't know the history it, it looks idiotic okay real question i thought it was like the dog pound well it is up away from that like i thought they had a bulldog as their mascot when did this oh come I mean, they've got like a 43-year-old fat guy who lives with his mom in the basement as more of a, you know, more of a, you know, with a dog mask on and a big fake bone. I thought that they had a dog. Oh, hey, how funny would that have been if they just put one of the fans with a stupid mask and a dog bone that looks like he's going to be a victim of cardiac arrest in five seconds with another sausage stuffed down his gullet? That would have been funny. Okay, hold on real quick. Our very own Jake Shapiro on the back end. He does incredible research. Always have to shout him out. He said, with the Cleveland Rams fresh off an NFL title and on a one-way trip to Hollywood, the Browns arrived in Ohio without a clear identity. They were originally called Paul Brown's team before owner Mickey McBride eventually convinced the NFL to begrudgingly accept the Browns, a real a real estate and tax moogle. Oh, my gosh, I can't talk. Taxi moogle. 
Mogul. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot talk. You have education there, Will. Mogul. Go ahead, Rachel. Thank you. McBride understood the value of marketing. A football team was no different than all of his other assets. He opted for a little-known mythical creature called a brownie. Brownie dates back to old Scottish folklore. Typical men, the elf-like creatures, were known to emerge at night to work around the house and farm. They were described as being incredibly mischievous and temperamental, if not treated correctly within the home. There you go. So there, there, there was a story. Of course, there was a story behind it. Why else would you do it? So, I mean, all right. It's one of their things. You know, every city has like one of their things. So that's a Cleveland thing. And the only question you have to ask in your life is, why am I proud to be in Cleveland? Because I have a thing. Yeah. It's a tough time to be a Browns fan, everybody. Let's just put it that way for a You know, it, what, here's what it is, though, guys. I'm telling you, because I lived in Buffalo so long and I came from Syracuse. You get to these crappy little towns and they get the the most pride in the dumbest things because living there sucks in in general. So they build up folklore about why it's awesome to be there. Happens in every crappy Rust Belt um, hole like Cleveland. Yeah, well, like I said. There you go. Wow. Wow. Wow! I will say when I originally saw it, I thought it was a joke. So I can't believe that this is actually uh, a true thing. But Will, appreciate you. Love hanging out with you as always. Um, But it is time now for our first look at the Texans as we go inside the game with Mark Schlereth. Let's hit it. Woo! We welcome Mark Schlereth for Inside the Game presented by Bet River Sport. Mark, first of all, how are you? How's the voice? Ah, the voice is uh, it, it's getting better. It's It should be good by Sunday's game, and then I can destroy it again. And where are you going this weekend? This weekend, I am in San Francisco as the uh, first place Seattle Seahawks take on the last place 49ers. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, obviously then you're getting very familiar with the Seahawks after Monday night's games. We need to talk about the Broncos as they played the Texans this week. Our first look at them so far here on Coffee Break. So the Broncos shot themselves in the foot with mistakes this past week or on Monday. Um, over or under one and a half turnovers on Sunday? I'm going to go um, under. Under one and a half turnovers. I mean, they can't fumble it again. They've got to hold on. Ball security. Um, so I'm going to go under, you know, Russell has been pretty judicious with the football, though he made a couple of throws that uh, could have been picked off, but I think they're, they clean that up under uh, one and a half. Russell will be making his home debut against Houston. It's a chance for the quarterback to shine over under two and a half touchdowns for Russ. I'm going to go over. I think the, I think the Broncos are going to hang it on them. Um, he threw one touchdown, 340 yards, completed 69% of his passes week one in Seattle, one of the toughest environments in the world to play in. Uh, with all that crowd noise, I, I just see him three, four touchdowns this week. Um, and um, I think a big score for the Broncos. So, yeah, I'm going to go over that. Uh, was, it, was it two and a half? I'll go over. Perfect. Nathaniel Hackett's late game, late game decision is making a lot of people in Broncos question, or country question. Um, over under 49 and a half for the longest field goal from Brandon McManus on Sunday. I'm going to go under. I think uh, I think the Broncos are going to put it in the red zone and, and score. I think they're they, like I just think that that's this is going to be their kind of breakout offensive game. Even though they had over 400 yards in Week One, uh, they just didn't put the ball in the end zone enough. They were uh, pathetic in the red zone. So I think they cure those ails, and uh, I think uh, Brandon McManus um, is relegated to kicking extra points, maybe a short field goal. Was, is Broncos country just overreacting? Well, 
Overreacting, no. I mean, I overreacting, yes. Like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett can't, can't coach, or that as somebody on our text line today called him um, um, Nathangio. Um, I, and you know, that's that's not that's not. It's funny, but it's not accurate. Um, it was a really bad game management toward the end of the game. No question about it. It was really bad. Um, but he'll grow from that. He'll be better from that. Um, you know, you'd love to see him really jump on it and say, hey, man, terrible plan. I had a, I, I should have changed plans. Terrible. Like, you'd like to see that kind of ownership of that. But, you know, it was a mistake. He did admit that, you know, hindsight being 2020, he'd probably go for it with Russell Wilson. It's exactly what you needed to do. But bottom line is he'll learn from that and he'll be better. All right, Mark. Appreciate you for going inside the game. All thanks to Bet River Sports. You got to take care, Rachel. We love having Mark on. He had an appointment, so he couldn't join us live. But again, we love having him on. He provides such great insight. But people are ready to look ahead to the Texans. Um, I sort of started the game last night before I had a late run Home Depot thing. Like I told you, DMAC, have you watched the Texans Colt game at all? Yeah, um, uh, I watched it this morning, and it, neither team was. <laughs> I mean, the Colts were lucky to actually get back in that game, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with with a week of study and film and figuring things out, the Texans are just not that great of a team, okay? Um, doesn't mean they couldn't hurt you if you play stupid. So I, 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 I agree with the, the vast majority of things that Mark's saying there. I think mm-hmm. uh, with the home crowd and the environment, I, I think the Broncos – the Broncos, if you looked at it statistically against the Seahawks, I mean, they killed the Seahawks. And I think there's some sort of number out there, teams that have thrown for more than 300 or run for 100 or something like, you know, 75, 5, and 2 or something like that. And the Broncos are one of those five losses now. The vast – so way, way to go, Broncos, bucking the trends. The vast majority of teams, if they operate like the Broncos operated, win and win convincingly. And, you know, um, I, I don't think it's going to come down to clock management. I don't think it's going to come down to anything – the, the, the point spread is 10 points, which seems kind of wild to me, Rachel. Yeah. But, you know, listening to Mark, probably right. Russell probably throws for three, maybe four touchdowns. They probably get a short field goal. Um, the, the, the Texans, the defense probably plays better against the Texans. Um, I'm not afraid of Davis Mills as the quarterback. <laughs> so it probably is something like 31-13, something along those lines. And I think, I think if that's the case, everybody's going to feel a whole – heck of a lot better but let's keep it real Rachel this is a this is also a game like Seattle if you're gonna go at least four and four on the road or uh, however it works out with the London game that was a game that you should have won that you needed to win because the Seahawks may win four or five more games the rest of the year the Texans aren't going to win more than maybe five games the entire year so you got to win this one too you already blew a game that you should have won. But as our own James Merrillat pointed out, nine of the next 10 opponents for the Broncos lost on opening weekend. Granted, the Colts and Texans tied. Um, I shouldn't say they lost. They didn't win. Nine out of 10 of the teams didn't win uh, on opening weekend. So it's not exactly murderer's row. And I know James is out there saying seven and one. I'm not going to put it like that. Uh, but I think it's you could be five and three. And if you're five and three, you're coming back from London. You're fine. You're you're really fine to give yourself a shot. Um, so it's a it's it's another you know really important game. If you want to call it a must win game, we get into some semantics things. But if you want to make the playoffs, 
you got to win the games that you can win and you should win. And that's mm-hmm. what Sunday is all about. Okay. You were on coffee break and you said that you could see the Broncos losing to the 49ers. Is that still the case? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a much better uh, chance than, than the, the Texans. I mean, I'm not going to discount. I'm not going to discount Kyle Shanahan and what he can do. Uh, I think Trey Lance as a young quarterback, you know, he's got talent. It could happen. It shouldn't happen. The Broncos will be favored and they should be favored, but sure, Rachel, I mean, it could happen. Um, I don't think it will, though. I, I think the Broncos do win these next two games, and that sets up a uh, interesting matchup in, in Vegas at that point. So I have confidence they're going to win the next two games. I think they'll straighten out. Well, we'll see what they say in terms of what kinks to straighten out. I think there were a lot of communication issues going on, including very, very late in the game with all that timeout garbage that was going on. I think that was – a case of just not being on the same page with all the people in Hackett's ear. And it got a little confusing and made mm-hmm. Hackett look silly, but I, I'm just going to sort of write it off at this point, Rachel, that this is rookie mistakes, first time mistakes that inevitably were going to happen. Uh, I would also like to point out that Nathaniel Hackett is getting, I don't want to say made fun of, but poked a little bit on the fact that in his presser, he said that he was trying to gain an extra timeout or see where his timeout stood. Um, That's because, and our very own Jim Marilyn did point this out, that the Seahawks actually called a timeout at the exact same time that the Broncos did. So Nathaniel Hackett was trying to see if they would count that timeout instead of the Broncos timeout. So, well, but did they, Rachel? um, See, that confused. I saw what James said. And I was like, okay, but but as I recall it, the, the clock was ticking down. And Russell Wilson, in fact, on the um, uh, he was trying to draw him off sides or something. And then they called the timeout with like one second. And then the field goal unit came out and the play mm-hmm. clock started. And then there was another timeout called. Yeah. So that had to be the Seahawks. So that means the timeouts weren't called at the same time. There, there would have been a significant difference unless the Broncos were also trying to call a timeout but if they called another timeout that have been two timeouts in a row that would have been a penalty so I don't, I don't know I'm not sure either I think yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot going on on both sides or both sidelines so I think it was a little confusing for kind of everyone but... I think James I I think James listen I, I see what he's he's looking at the rundown and said they both call timeout at 20 seconds but that doesn't mean they called it at the same time. It means they just called it with 20 seconds left on the clock. Mm-hmm. And you, you can do that with many minutes spread apart. Well, a timeout difference spread apart. You can do that. So I, 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 I see where James is kind of going. I just don't think that's what happened. And it, I don't know what Hackett I, – I think Hackett was just being told the wrong things. Seriously, mm-hmm. Rachel. I think he was be, being told wrong information – and he was trying to do the best with the wrong information he was being told. And it kind of made him look silly. And he probably was trying to not throw people under the bus. And he was trying to make a joke. It just It just didn't come off great because nobody was really in a joking mood yesterday. Are the Broncos – they have practice today, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. They Is had yesterday off. Russell Wilson's day to talk? It's, it's Wednesday. Now we're back to Wednesday. See, okay. you know, because Monday was Sunday – and yeah. um, yesterday, Tuesday was Monday, um, but today is Wednesday. Okay, so they don't really get an off day this week. Actually, yesterday was Monday and Tuesday at the same time. So because they... it was 
It was Monday to talk, but it was Tuesday for the day off. So it was kind of a Monday slash Tuesday deal, but Monday was really Sunday for the game. And then yesterday was kind of Monday and kind of Tuesday at the same time. But today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Will we hear from Russell Wilson? We will. We're supposed to. I'm looking, okay. at, my, well, I'm looking at my clock like any second. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be around one o'clock or so. Russell, what would you ask Russell? What, what do you want to know from Russell Wilson today? If there was any communication about whether or not he should go for it. That's the question okay. I want to know, because I still think that he was like, no, I don't think we have a shot. That's always a tricky moment mm-hmm. on a Wednesday before a game to go back to the previous game. Yeah. I, I'm kind of dying to know that, too. Um, okay. But it's, it's the talk of the town, right? Like, you you want to know those yeah. answers. So so what, what would your question be specifically? Did, did you – why didn't you call timeout with 50 seconds to go? Or Russ, how much communication was there about a possibility of you um, taking that fourth down uh, instead of kicking it? Okay. That's kind of what I want. Cause it really, to me, it looked like there was no conversation. It looks like he walked off the sidelines. They said, great job. And it was just, cause it doesn't make sense. The amount of money that you paid this quarterback and who Russ is and how much he fought in Seattle. It sounds like to have these opportunities. It doesn't make any sense why he, wouldn't fight for that opportunity. Like, well, let me, I'll, here's what I was thinking. And I think it's, I think we're on the same page, by the way. I was thinking about saying, Hey, Russ, cause we're, you know, buddies. Best hey, friends. Russ. Um, Nathaniel Hackett said he made a mistake and hindsight being 2020, he would have gone for it mm-hmm. under the same looking back nature of things. Would you do the same? Do you think it was a mistake? If you had to do it again, what would you have done? I like it. But, you know, then he might tell me uh, how great Brandon McManus is as a kicker. And, you know. um, That's why I feel like you have to ask how much communication was involved on your part. You know? Yeah. yeah, Russ will totally be like, oh, Brandon's a great kicker. Um, Like the team really trusts him. Yada, yada, yada. It was just really unfortunate. Yeah, the press conferences are always a little tricky because there's a lot of people there. You usually get one shot. If you really want to get to something, you kind of got to blurt it out ahead of everybody else. You know, yeah, you kind of got to yell. You got to be a jerk about it because I, I, I prefer that than pass the microphone around. Uh, but, hey, you know what? Hey, I'll give it a thought. I'll, I'll throw some. It'll be something like that, Rachel. I promise. I got to work it out in my dim-witted mind somehow. I'm definitely oh. going to ask Hackett about the kinks. You know, what, what kinks are, are, you know, the most yep. vital for you to work out. And with Wilson, I think everybody is curious about that situation again. And Hackett admitted um, they made a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. Do you agree with your coach? And if so, what would you have done differently? Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's so a good one. That's communication. That's what you would have done. That's, yep. you know, looking back on it, sort of admitting a mistake. I don't know if Russell Wilson does admit mistakes, though, Rachel. Does he? I don't know. I have no idea if he if he would actually own up to a mistake. Well, we're about to find out as DMAC goes out to Broncos and asks that question. We can't wait for it, DMAC. As always, it is such a joy having you on here. Um, huge shout out to Will and Mark, too. 
Great to have them. Speaking of which, uh, when are we getting Emmanuel Sanders on the phone to see if he wants to? Oh, um, yeah. Jeez, I totally forgot about that. Um, I'll, 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 we'll, we'll try to set it up. We'll try to set it up soon. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Orange and blue today, 3.30. We're going to continue this Bronco talk, and then we're back tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. as always, and we'll see you then. Bye, everyone.